Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back, everyone, once again to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode, where tonight it's the Ghoul Geek Keith film pick of the week, where we're going to be talking about Jennifer's Body from 2009 and directed by Karen Kusama. And speaking about my favorite little Vagisel himself, the bold and the beautiful, the Ghoul Geek Keith. I'm going to eat your soul and shit it out, baby. Hello, hello, everybody. How is it going tonight? We hope you're doing well. We hope you're ready for the movie later on where we're going to talk about the ups and downs and everything Devil's Kettle. But we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon, the Mad Monkey, the Prince by Mortis Day. Get fucking with it. Monkey, go ahead. Yes, keep it a funky, keep it a fresh. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the Talking Terror crew, the Four Horsemen of Horror, the petrified podcasters themselves, bring you the best goddamn horror podcast there is in all of the motherfucking land. So make sure you listen live. Make sure you listen on iTunes. Make sure you listen on Spotify. Make sure you listen with your mama. Make sure you listen with your cousin. Make sure you listen with your brother. It really doesn't fucking matter. Just Make sure you fucking listen. What's up, motherfuckers? Holy shit! Hello, monkey. Hi, dude. You just the fucking did some rails before the show, buddy. Well, you know, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling energized. You know, I met up with a jock on the 50 yard line. And then, like, you know, we, we kind of hooked up, and I, I'm feeling full. So I'm feeling full of energy. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. Are you playing? ACDC, I'm not a picky one, man. I, I'm not like the, the king of horror where he's like, you know, no, I'm really, really picky. They got to be over 50. For me to hook up? No, I'm, 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 I, you know, you know, it's like I'm more open there. It's like, you know, I, I don't need to sit there hook up with a golden girl. It's like, you know, I am literally any ship in the horror, you know, while, while the, while the king is like, you know, I don't know, she's not old enough, you know, she doesn't have Walker, you know, she doesn't have braces yet, you know, it's like, you know, she, she's not really my type, you know, me, I'm like, dude, hit it, you know, I, I like to hit it, you know, she's like, got a baby I, I like it when I. And it's like, bitch, she's 55 with fucking crow's feet and fucking wrinkles, motherfucker. What are you talking about? Oh, she's not older than me. She needs to be 65, and her titties need to be all the way down to her fucking knees for me to really like it. Yeah, you know know, what? 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 You know what? What? Because you'd be enjoying that fucking blue face special. (laughs) Afra. Losers. That's goddamn right. I eat dinner at 4:30 in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm a fucking boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll get. 
I'll give it to you, brother. You carry her tray for her, you know, because, you know, you're getting ready for that shit. You know, when you sit there and get that, you know, when you get all hot and bothered, when you sit there and get that Velcro sound as you're peeling away the depends <laughs> and foreplay and shit like oh, that. Yeah. Is it bonus for the king? The thermostat <laughs> turned up to 86. Pay for that. <laughs> Don't like put it down too low, because then the baby might be frozen. <laughs> Ooh. And as you can tell, hello, Dean. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for the the warm the warm welcome as always. But I just couldn't help notice that we're uh, are we are we discussing or fleshing out one of uh, the King of Horrors um, assisted Actual living facilities fantasies. Uh, yes. So yes. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. While the king admits that he he, he likes, <laughs> he is gonna fucking yeah, totally like one day like get a sugar mama that is like loaded as shit. He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. My part of talking terror is totally covered. Grandma's got it. <laughs> Dude, he's gonna end up like meeting up with some like eighty-something-year-old lady. He's gonna muff on that fucking. He's gonna munch on that wrinkly old fucking vag, man. And, and we're all gonna be like, yo, that's so gross. And then she's gonna like croak. And leave him like her entire fucking fortune, and he's just gonna be like fingers, bitches. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> too bad. Uh, too too bad. Blue Iris is no longer alive. Can I suck your cock? I get so fucking my depends. Oh, you guys want to come over and visit me in my mansion? What's that? Oh, and you all laughed when I said the fuck, didn't you? You all laughed. I'm so laughing. You know, him in his fucking big-ass palatial mansion, you know, going, you know, he literally has a throne now because, because Grandma Cass, you know, who gave this there and set him up in his own fucking studio. <laughs> there you Dry go. Cool. A on, the chicken, on, the, on the chicken bone. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Continue Try. upon taking care of the ceramic teacup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Riding the highlights because I decided to take one for the team as fucking old person. You got to do that sometimes. <laughs> But they're worth. They could be worth millions. So you know what? Every now and then. But, um, yeah. So that's. Um, but speaking of what the monkey had said about listeners, we actually do have a new one who uh, messaged me the other day about the uh, Midsummer episode. And the only reason I bring it up is because she was telling me how she was enjoying it. Uh, and then she got to the part where we started talking about strap-ons, and her phone shut off. Like you don't need any more of the show. Like this. <laughs> And Steve's like, listen, man, so what I tried to get back on my phone. I just want to make sure I understand. So yeah. what you're saying is that she was listening to the Mitzmar episode and got to that conversation yeah. and turned her phone off? No, it shut off on its own. Like, she was driving on her way home from work. Put it on, was listening, was ah. cracking up. And then we started talking about strap-ons, and the phone was like, I'm cutting out, man. And just completely she, shut out. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Cool. He hasn't at- she has an actual smartphone where her phone is smart enough to go, look, you're liking the show so far, you don't want to hear the rest of this episode. So we're going to sit there and just cut these motherfuckers off right now. <laughs> well, boo on that, man. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm sure we got into some heavy philosophical debate regarding fucking strap-ons. I don't remember oh, the conversation, as but I'm sure it was fucking deep. <laughs> she made sure to tell me something. She thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and she coined a phrase, survived and thrived on talking terror. So I kind of like that. So I think I might be using that every once in a while. Survived and thrived. Uh, so she is part of the Dutchland Rollers here in Lancaster. 
one of the uh, lower girls. Uh, she's one of the visitors, Marie Antla Threat. Uh, so thank you so much for listening and vibing on our episodes. So, one of my favorite characters. We love it. Those games will come back. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you don't shut off the phone for future episodes and keep listening because we got a lot more strap-on stories and how I possibly like to invade senior citizen homes and look for Will in drawers. <laughs> It's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Again, 100% professional, 100% of the time. That's how we do it here. <laughs> you just want that thrived on talking to Like I said, I'm going to have to trademark that. Survive and thrive. <laughs> um, anyway, so with that being said, thank you so much for listening. As always, to all of our fans, thank you so much for supporting us on all our socials, Facebook, and Instagram, and all that good stuff. But do you guys have anything you want to talk about before we get into our news tonight? Uh, not well, I'm before good. we I'm... get into that, I just, I know that this past weekend was like a, a really big weekend for you guys. And I, I know that you have your own private uh, conversation on the side because of, uh, you know, my large interest in this particular subject matter. But like, I know it's always a big deal <laughs> when you guys have a, a PPV. <laughs> and I know that uh, this was a big one this weekend. So um, I'd like to, you know, give you a, a, a moment if you feel the need to discuss. Uh, King, what did you think about the PPV this weekend? Don't get it to me right away. No. Um, so, yeah, uh, WrestleMania Backlash was this Sunday. Uh, it turns out that it was sponsored by Army of the Dead. Uh, how do I know that? Because they managed to tell us in minutes. So, you know what? It's, it's bad enough. It's bad enough that they got to remind you every five seconds. Like, oh, man, look at that suplex. By the way, that was brought to you by Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Come soon. I'm like, all right, that's fine. You want to do that? It's in the movie. But then all of a sudden, zombies show up, and they start wandering around. There's Elvis, and there's a Hawaiian show person, and there's this person. And then they involve the internet lumberjack between Damien Priest and, and, and John Morrison, and – they proceeded to quote unquote eat uh, the Miz. Not Johnny Drip Drip, but the Miz. Uh, luckily for me, I wasn't the only one that fucking hated it. Chris Jericho himself was joking about how bad it was because the WWE writers were talking about AEW and how they're going to step back wrestling 30 years because of their blood and cage, blood and gut stuff. Interview. That uh, zombie Wubberjack match definitely stepped back the WWE 20 years. It was fucking horrific. Like, it was so bad. And so long, I just, it became not so much about only the dead anymore. It became about how atrocious the fucking Lumberjack match was. And then have Damian Priest win at the end and then shoot an arrow up at the Army of the Dead city sign. I was like, go fuck yourself. Zack Snyder and WWE, how dare you? Good Lord. But you guys, I thought you you loved it. Dude, it was your favorite pay-per-view, and you fucking know it, man. It's like, we know you can't get a fucking enough of this shit, man. And sit there and have a whole pay-per-view now brought to you by your favorite impossible zombie movie here. So literally, man, I was fucking rolling just because every fucking five minutes, it was brought to you by the X-Men's Army of the Dead. Brought to you by Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. It's like, no fucking shit. It was brought to you by Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. I, like, I was just... I, I was rolling just because it's like the, the whole thing was just ridiculous as shit. And I was laughing my ass off every time I popped up just because I know you, King, were fucking rolling your eyes every time it fucking came up on screen. And from, the very, from the very moment it started, 
and I realized at that point that this was an Army of the Dead thing, it was like, oh, wow, look at this, King. You can't escape the trailer this time because it's on our pay-per-view. <laughs> and what does the King say? <laughs> I'm going out for a smoke. I muted it. So I did it. Like, he did everything, and it's like I could see him probably sitting there with his eyes closed and the video yep. muted at that point. Um <laughs> Just, but again, there was no avoiding it once that lumberjack match hit because yes, you nope. know, the uh, the fact that the zombies the zombies invaded the WWE this week. Like, listen, man, you know, I, I'm all for the fun and, and all of that stuff, but you know, I really do miss our our older era of uh, mm. of wrestling. Um, you know, I, I I may really have to to step back from WWE for a little bit and maybe start checking out AEW, and uh, and really give them a real real try here because it's just getting preposterous and I hate to say it, I really don't think the Peacock deal is going to make things any better for us. I feel like if anything, it's going to try to make this whole thing more family friendly, more kidified and be hit with a ton of more sponsors, man, which is going to suck. Like, you know, most of these pay-per-views are always brought to you by something. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get that. Snickers. Oh, brought to you by 2K Games, <laughs> brought to you by Snickers, this and that. And, you know, maybe you get a shot where, like, you know, you see a character and he's eating a fucking Snickers bar or something. But this was, like, the next level of, like, just invasion of just everything to do with this thing. And it's like, wow, man, like, you know, I know Netflix has got money, but they must have dumped a shit ton for the fucking WWE to do this. That or Peacock has some kind of, NBC has some kind of, like, owner stake in them. Okay. I laughed at the King hated it. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, King. You have not had a chance to weigh in, you know, so please go ahead before I jump in. Of course I did. Of course I did. My five-minute rant earlier wasn't enough. You want more? I can give you more. I could talk about the horrible comments. I mean, talking about, oh, my God, memories of Monroeville. I was like, stop it with the fucking, you know, comments of zombie movies. It's bad enough with the that. Oh, it must be Terminus, you know, bringing in Walking Dead references and everything. Like, like how many generic freaking, like, things could they have, like, had, like, a, a touch point on, you know? Like, oh, let's mention this. Let's mention that. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say that. that. This they, way they people think I know about <laughs> <laughs> and you know all that shit was still prompted into their ears. You know, you know it was. <laughs> all right, okay. But think? that being that being said, though, with all of the silliness that was going on with it, and it was silly as fuck. I mean, throughout the entire night, it was silly as shit, and then it just culminated in this fucking zombie lumberjack match, which I was fucking rolling because of the ridiculousness of it, because it was like being in fucking Michael Jackson's thriller video. Um. But at the same time, it's like, I got it. But at the same time, it's like us being kids of the 80s, okay? It, it made me really reminiscent, though, of the hard PR pushes that we would get, you know, for horror movies, you know, and, you know, big, big movies back in the day. It's like, you know, it's like, at the same, like, you know, yeah, it was bad, but at the same time, it took me back to being a kid where we had the hard PR pushes, you know, of shit like, you know, the the constant radio ads, the constant TV ads, um, the the ads in the newspaper where you'd have the huge ass you know sections you know when you're looking up you know what you're gonna go see for the weekend you know and then on top of all of that the music videos for MTV you know as just big ass commercials as well um, and it just made me 
you know, this, despite how cheesy it was, it made me really reminiscent of that era where they would do the hard PR pushes in the 80s for movies that were coming out. Hmm. Yeah, but it was a little bit much. Like, I think the Army of the Dead thing, because I don't remember hard pushes that much. I mean, they promoted Hulk Hogan back in the day when he was in movies, but they weren't, like, every five seconds being like, oh, by the way, Mr. Nanny's coming out. Like, you know, I... I <laughs> I wasn't saying I wasn't saying WWF. I was talking about just in general when you would have you know the big budget movies coming out. I mean, come on, man! It's like well, you know I mean, you're talking about some, Ghostbusters. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, know, I get what the king's saying. Now give us some examples. I mean, I'm with him there. Like you know what I mean? Because like that's like okay, like little things that I remember as far as like you know, like I I don't remember things being pushed the way at least as far as blatantly in your face with this. But I remember things like you know those McDonald's cups that you would get. They had like that that series of glasses from like Disney or whatever that uh they they pretty much coincided with like a a VHS Disney oh, yeah. movie release. Like when Lady and the Tramp came out, you can get the collector's edition of Six Lady and the Tramp you know, glasses that are releasing, you know, different ones each week. And I remember always trying Yay. to collect all of them, but, like, ended up fucking getting doubles of, like, three of them. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, like, again, this is taking us back to that day where it's, like, you know, we're talking about, like, 80s, you know, Gremlins, everything, you know, had, had Gremlins shit on it, you know, go on MTV, uh, you know, Ghostbusters video was, like, you know, every video, you know, same thing with Sandy Lauper and the Goonies video. Um you know, f- fucking I- even Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom had a music video. <laughs> Did it really? And it's like, I just watched it. Yeah, I just yeah. watched that the other yeah. day. Yeah, it did, man. It actually had a, uh, yeah, yeah, it actually did have, have a music video. I didn't have cable video. at that time. Yeah, I, I just watched <laughs> that movie on VHS. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always been cross uh, promotion. It's just, when it's so blatant like that, where it's just like, come on. Right? Like, can we go through a match without hearing about Army of the Dead? Like, we know that it's promoted by Army of the Dead. It's not there when friends are. Like, we get it. I mean, it's just, it was just it was too much. And then it culminated in that. And we, like I said, at least I wasn't alone. At least I wasn't the only person on the internet going, that sucked. There's like so many people were like, what the fuck was that? Uh, it was like, terrible. Why did we just do that? You know, the WWE is making fun of AEW for their blood and guts pay per view, but yet. We get zombies, lumberjack match. Yeah. This isn't Halloween hat. Yeah. <laughs> a pay-per-view. I will say game. that the <laughs> the feedback the feedback that I saw was overwhelmingly negative about the uh the, the tie in. <laughs> yeah, and then on top of that, like despite like all the other crap, it's like I was really, really upset because again we're talking about pay per view territory, all right, and we sit there and have the whole zombie thing, and yet we didn't actually they did they didn't even cross the line, you know, like you know at the end of the match, you know, where everyone's you know dog piling on top of Miz. I was like, not once did you see anyone coming up with some guts of any kind. I was like, seriously, it's like really you sit there and just couldn't have like you know someone coming up with something, like because again we're talking pay per view, we're not talking regular TV time all that kind of stuff, and somebody could have come up with something to where we have some blood and guts of some kind. Yeah, would have been better, but again, PG era, still going to keep that with the pay-per-view. They, they try not to cross that line too much, you know, even on pay-per-view. Yeah, it's very rare that you're ever going to see a crimson mask anymore. You know, they just try to keep it as safe as possible. So, yeah, it would have been better. Like, I, I would have supported that. Like, if all of a sudden you see an arm come out or you see, you know, a boot or something covered in blood, but no. 
because you're not going to get that. They're just going to dry hump them and be like, oh, my God, they're eating him. Oh, God. <laughs> Dying of the living dead or something. Yeah. Uh, Romero, am I right, guys? <laughs> anyway, coming up next, anyway, match, sponsored by Army of the Dead. <laughs> Surprise. Indeed. <laughs> But, uh, all right, Dean, so moving on from Army of the Dead and all things wrestling, uh, what do you have for our news tonight? Oh, there are so many things to talk about in the world of horror tonight. And I'm, I'm sorry that the, the PPV did not, did not meet uh, your satisfaction uh, with so much uh, Zack Snyder Army of the Dead uh, in your life that evening. So I, I feel for, for you because I know, uh, excuse me, how strongly you feel about this. The King loves uh, not one admit it. Not related, uh, you know, not uh, a participant of our genre, to my knowledge. I do just want to give a brief mention to the passing of Charles Grodin, a very famous Uh, actor who passed away. I didn't realize that the homeboy was 86 years old. Um, I didn't know. I didn't didn't know that he was he was that old. So um, I guess that makes a little more sense. But. Uh, you know, three of my favorites. Uh, he was in Midnight Run, uh, Seems Like Old Times, and Taking Care of Business with James Belushi. Um, absolutely just fucking love those films uh, just beyond. So I was just sad to hear that news. So I just want to give a, a little a mention, a uh, little mention there before we move on. He was a good South fan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Silence. No, no, no. That's what we were doing. Necessary. Um, just wanted to uh, give a mention. So no need for a moment of silence. Uh, just wanted to say it. Now, uh, moving right along. We all know uh, how much of a genre figure that, uh, in our genre, we know how much of a genre figure that Demi Lovato is. Um, very much involved in, in all facets of our genre. And so I'm going to continue that work um, by... So Teaming up with Peacock. Uh, she is going is to be teaming R? up with Peacock. Our wheelhouse? She's fine. No, I was being I don't sarcastic. Think oh, okay. Sorry. She's sorry. Okay, my bad. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just, I thought maybe there was some movie I didn't know about or something. Man, listen, she's so hot. No, nah, man. So uh, like, I, I yeah, but do even, even, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just. Uh, I, 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 anyway, uh, she is teaming up with Peacock. Uh, for a four-part series called Unidentifiable, uh, where she is going to be looking to uncover the truth uh, about the UFO phenomena. And she is going to be consulting with leading experts, eyewitnesses, and she's going to be examining the recently released government reports about uh, unidentified flying objects routinely spotted by Navy pilots. So uh, she's very excited to bring uh, her her knowledge, her wealth of knowledge about about UFOs to the public in her upcoming Peacock four part special series. So, if you are one who is interested in UFOs and wonder if they're out there, uh, you can spend some time with Demi Lovato and maybe find the truth. The truth I mean, is I, out I, there. I do. I'm very interested in being the new I don't think you can call Demi Lovato a she anymore because uh, they are now non-binary. So you can no longer identify Demi Lovato as she. Uh, she uh, oh. now goes by they. 
They they, they are having special. Is fucking what the so fuck hot. are you talking about? They came out today and said that they are non-binary. So Demi Lovato. Oh yeah, I saw that. Horrible things to them. So yes, <laughs> you can only say horrible things to them, or they are so hot, or the things I would do to they or them. Like you can no longer say she because that. What is this no society? What, what what is she a member of society now? Who are? Uh, no, I it's society. just a non-binary thing, and and it it makes sense because she's going to be investigating aliens, and because they are also non-binary beings, be they, and no longer she or he, uh, just be they and be one. Yeah, Demi Lovato coming out uh, yeah, strong at that announcement today, along with the alien UFO. So they do. They investigate. If it makes them. her happy. Or, I'm sorry, if it makes them happy. And then yeah, so it makes them happy. Mode it be. It, it, it'll be getting hard to get used to saying they and then the them. It's a respectful thing to do. Is that they or them. So looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Um, <laughs> Okay. As long as you tune into Peacock, uh, you'll get the information that you so crave. I'll show her that 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 her Peacock. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. That's the way it is. But yeah, so anyway, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. I'm a sucker for UFO program. Hope they do a good job. All right. Well, uh, when when it when it airs, we'll we'll have to check in with the king, who will share with us his 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 thoughts. Um, I promise. Uh, when it will. comes, oh, go, go ahead. I'm going to give it a try, so I'll let you guys know what I think about how they. Okay. they I can't. I can't wait to hear the report. Oh, I'm going to watch um, it just because it's got Demi. All right, <laughs> I can't wait to hear your report. I can't wait to hear both of your reports and then compare your reports and and what your what your thoughts were about it. So anyway, uh, I have no problems whatsoever saying that I absolutely love the uh, the movie Bring It On, starring Kirsten Dunst, about uh, the Ranchicardo uh, Toro's uh, cheerleading high school squad. I just I love fingers, that movie, and bitch. I have no problem saying that. I have no problem <laughs> saying it. Those are not spirit fingers. <laughs> Very similar, though. Oh, the Dean drops a spirit stick. Oh, he drops a spirit uh, stick, and now we're going to have bad luck for the rest of the year. <laughs> Maybe so, but I stand here to say proudly that I am a fan of that movie, and I will uh, say that similar uh, to the American Pie series, uh, and where the American Pie series had, had multiple theatrical sequels, uh, they have also had a very successful side cottage industry uh, pumping out uh, direct-to-DVD or straight-to-video films uh, all along the way. So there's been numerous... Uh, direct-to-video uh, films in the Bring It On uh, universe, uh, not involving cast mm-hmm. members from, from the original film, but uh, they, they have just had a very successful Gabrielle business. And she might have come back mm-hmm. for, like, the sequel, uh, but there's been, like, six of them, and I don't think she was in a lot of those. And Jeez. Gabrielle Union's, Gabri- Gabrielle Union's like, the, like the, the girl rap group that was, like, her, her posse that always wanted to beat up on, uh, on Torrance, uh, I think mm-hmm. one of them or all of them like died or something in real life. What? Oh, yeah. So, jeez, dude, uh, way to bring the happy news. 
Well, <laughs> they're all dead. Hey, we're, we're, we talk about morbid <laughs> things on this show, and why why is it any different? I just talked about Charles Grodin dying, and now I'm talking about this 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 uh, very talented rapper actress dying. So we talk about death on this show sometimes. It's a part of life that we all have to live with, and we're all going to die someday, and we're going to grieve, and it's going to be sad. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to talk about it. All right, it's important to talk about it. It's important to share it's our feelings so and, cool and, and let our emotions life. be known and not bottle them up <laughs> and lock them away. It's important to let it out, Loki, okay? So, uh, I never would have guessed, I never would have guessed that the Bring It On series would cross over into our genre, but that is what is going to happen because Bring It On is teaming up with sci-fi to bring us Bring It On Halloween. And this huh? horror-themed Bring It On movie uh, is going to deal with a cheerleading squad uh, that is being run with very restrictive rules. And uh, this embattled squad seeks the freedom uh, to practice in a closed-down school gym uh, so they can work on their moves. And uh, one by one, members of the team start to disappear. And it's up to the cheerleaders uh, to unmask their assailant uh, to save themselves. So I would assume, being that it's Bring It On Halloween, that we will see this uh, sometime on Sci-Fi around October. So if if that sounds like it would be exciting for you, you should exciting for you, you should keep your eyes out for it. So is that the actual yeah. name of it? Is Bring It On Halloween? Bring It On Halloween. Yes, I do. Wow. And it's also uh, it's also being written by a friend of the show and guest Rebecca McKendry and Dana Schwartz. So I'm oh, cool. very excited to be co-writing that script with Dana. So that's why I'm excited for it, because I, I love uh, Rebecca's writing. She did a great movie called Psycho Granny on uh, Lifetime, which is just fucking amazing. <laughs> how insane the movie is. But, that sounds so like the kind of porn it. you like with your, gran- with your grannies. <laughs> no, Psycho Granny. Come on. There's a difference. I like my horror with my Psycho Grannies, and I like the sexy time with my Psycho Grannies, okay? That's how I like it. And I like my lemon parties extra lemon. Look it up, folks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Won't you help me out of my chair? Quit, Well, what's next? Uh, what do you got? Next up, uh, actor, and I've talked about this actor on the show before, and it's just it just blows me away every time I, I see him. Uh, but uh, Hungarian actor... Robert Bronzy, uh, who is like an absolute, complete, 100% spitting image of Charles Bronson. I mean, it's, ab- it's the, like, oh, the yeah. most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Uh, you know, when people are like, oh, this person, he looks just like that person. He just looks like... I've never seen a case of someone looking so identical to somebody else. But after Robert Bronzy looks just like Charles Bronson, and uh, next up on his list, there is going to be... Uh, a, a, a horror slash uh, action kind of uh, they're billing it as uh, uh, it's called Exorcist Vengeance and it's being billed as Death Wish meets The Exorcist meets Knives Out uh, production what? has wrapped and you can expect to get a chance to check this out in the summer but Bronzy plays a tough priest with a troubled past who has been called upon to root out a murderous demon from a household Full of suspects. Uh, so, Exorcist Vengeance, uh, starring Robert Bronzy. Uh, you know, exorcism is, is is in our alley, and I just I love talking about this guy because it's just fucking ridiculous. It's like the most ridiculous thing. Uh, 
I, everybody has seen Robert Bronzy, yes? Yes, I have. No. Yeah, he Monkey, is you've never seen Robert Bronzy? Ghoul, what about you? Holy shit. Wow. Robert Did you look him up? Yeah, I think, I think I have. Yes, I have, actually. I've seen him before. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know why. Yeah. Like, there's just something about it that I just think it's the most ridiculous thing. Uh, anyway, uh, I just said I just texted you a refresher there, Ghoul, just to just to shake the cobwebs out of that brain over there. But anyway, that's yeah, just his vengeance. He looks exactly like fucking Charles Bronson, man. This fucked up. It's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Holy Indeed. shit! Exorcist Vengeance, I can't wait. That just sounds like right up my alley. Yeah, so anyway, this guy, and he makes, you know, he makes, he makes shitty movies. You know, he makes shitty movies. And he, like, he, the, the one that, like, brought him to notoriety was called, like, Death Kiss, and it was like a, you know, it's like a riff on a Death Wish kind of film, uh, you know. But anyway, I uh, thought I would uh, mention that. And uh, as we continue to move on, uh, Pet Cemetery, uh, the 2019 uh, Pet Cemetery. Uh, is going to uh, there's going to be more going on in the pet cemetery world. Uh, Lindsay Beer has been signed on to direct a new pet cemetery follow up, a follow up to the 2019 oh. version. Uh, Beer has already written the screenplay with her co-writer Jeffrey Bueller. Uh, plot details are being kept under wraps, uh, but this is going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive. Uh, so. If you were a fan of 2019's Pet Cemetery and are interested in continuing uh, with tales from that universe, uh, a Paramount Plus member you are going to have to be. At least at this time, there's been no talk in what I've seen about whether there will be any kind of theatrical window in any way, uh, but they're calling it a Paramount Plus exclusive. Similarly to how they called Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, a Netflix exclusive, but yet it had a small <laughs> theatrical window that is going on right now. So uh, Robert uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead. So uh, maybe there'll be a similarity with how they do the Pet Cemetery follow-up. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And then leading up to uh, the prom- <laughs> Army of the Dead, uh, leading up oh, to Army of the Dead, uh, the season premiere. Uh, we talked often right here on this show about uh, the CBS series Clarice uh, about FBI agent Clarice Starling. Um, there's a button. And, and, and <laughs> I, you know, I have not watched any of it, uh, but I did not know that uh, CBS kind of like kind of fucked around with it and kind of like fucked up having an audience. So apparently uh, they aired the first five weeks worth of episodes and then yeah, over they April and May. They only showed like two episodes and then stopped. And now uh, apparently there's going to be more episodes in June uh, to wrap up the season. And uh, the, you know, the TV analysts think this kind of scheduling strategy, whatever it was supposed, did not help the show uh, get any kind of foothold with an audience. So it was just announced that season two of Clarice is a go, uh, but it is leaving CBS and is going over to Paramount Plus. Uh, so maybe really? they'll have some more luck over there uh, trying oh, to get well, an audience It's going to be on their streaming release. service only. Because Paramount Plus is yeah. okay. Now, it used to be CBS okay, yes. All Access. Okay, yeah. now this will tie into later in the episode where we cover shit. But remember when the OC – okay, we, I, we, we, I know you, 
you, some of you motherfuckers watched it, the OC would run like three episodes and then take a fucking break for like four weeks and then come back and then do the rest of the fucking season. I watched. Yeah, the but first you know what? At that, at that time, I, 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 I was not a watcher. Summer was. I was so not a viewer hot. of that show, but that show had like a like a rabid like young following of like adolescents and teenagers uh, that and like me. fucking loved it and like. <laughs> You could well, yeah, but we, you're the outliers. Um, I I watched every fucking season. <laughs> that kind of audience uh, at the time, and that like kind of predates like binge watching series on streaming services and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that show had a rabid following that uh, was hanging on every minute, waiting for the next episode. Uh, this is a different kind of show for a different kind of audience, and I don't think it's going to have the same kind of following behind it to sustain, like, weird scheduling shit. Right, well, like and for that, us, that's what I'm say, it's, it's saying, is they probably shot themselves in the ass by sitting there trying to do this weird thing of trying to hook you in, and then taking this weird break, you know, and then jump back on. It's like, if you're a brand new show, and you're sitting there trying to get out of the gate and establish yourself, it was a really stupid, tactical idea, and then you end up shooting yourself in the ass and losing your audience. Well, thank you. So, you know what, as the only person that actually watches the fucking show out of all four of us that are here, um, what I can say is this. We were, we were quite surprised when they did air the five episodes, and then the following week we went to go watch, and it was still the same episode from the previous week. Um, and there was no, you know, with like Netflix, when like they're, they're introducing like another series or you're getting another season or something, it says season two coming soon or, you know, new episodes in X amount of weeks. In this case, there was absolutely yeah. nothing as far as it being on Hulu or the CBS channel or anything like that. I ended up having to look it up online just to see. I thought the wow. show got canceled, you know, um, and that's, that's how I ended up finding out that they were going to have episodes again in May. Um, and then, you know, this, today is news to me that they were having another delay until next month now. Uh, it's definitely a, a weird way to run the show. I had assumed that that first break was because of the, uh, the NCAA tournament. I figured maybe the CBS had some – because that's when it started. I figured maybe oh. CBS had some, uh, had some games running on that channel, so they might be – not having the the episodes air during that time because it would cut into the broadcast, um, but I guess I guess not. I guess it's just something that they want to try to do. Good on them. Move it over to the freaking thing. Let us be able to. Uh, I mean, they're going to do the weekly release just like they've done everything else on CBS All Access. They don't just do uh, binge releasing. So just like the Stand was was a weekly series, but at least it'll be consistent. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, what else you got, Dean? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recently, maybe two or three episodes ago, maybe three episodes ago, uh, in this very segment, I talked about how uh, John Cornish and uh, John Boyega had, Boyega had gotten together to like play around with ideas about an Attack the Block sequel uh, and whatnot. And uh, those conversations must have been fruitful because the Attack the Block sequel is officially a go. Uh, Cornish is officially uh, going to write and direct, and Boyega has signed on to star. Uh, They're both producing, um, but there are no plot details at this time. But uh, Attack the Block sequel uh, is a go, and they do plan to set it, uh, you know, 10 years after the events of the first film. 
Oh man, that could be really interesting. They got something to stick with that. It's like I think that could be, actually be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I've been waiting for that announcement for a while. Just make it official. Like, give it to us. We've been wanting it since it came out. So it's kind of good that they waited ten years. Yeah. So go into it with fresh eyes. See where they're all at now on the block. Yeah, that, that, uh, I'm with you, King. Here on that man, it's just there and see. You know, again, like ten years later. How does the actual block change? You know, does John Boyega's character change? You know, do, because we're going from young punk to possibly, you know, young, you know, established adult in the adult world. And then, you know, that's him doing his thing. And it's like, does he sit there and take a step back and go back to the block to there and defend the block? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that would be a great storyline. You know, he could be the, the leader of a new group of kids you know, facing off against another alien threat. He's been through the shit. He knows what he's doing. So, either way, I'm, I'm on board. The quicker this movie can out, the better. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I think we still... <laughs> but, but, but I think if they're going to sit there and go ahead and do this attack the box, they still got to sit there and keep the same feelings still, like, keep it intense, but at the same time, keep it super light, storytelling-wise. And yeah, just let yeah, it flow. I <clears throat> yeah, I think they will. I think they'll, they'll keep the humor in it, they'll keep the horror in it. I think having the same people on board is great. It's not like another director, another actor, you know, kind of having an effective block sequel, but it's a spiritual sequel. You know, it's having all the principles I think is a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely definitely watch the original one. We covered it on the show, dude. I know. Yeah, I dude. Wanted, I wasn't. I wasn't on that episode. I, uh, oh, I, I forget why. I don't know if I was sick think at you the are, time. Or... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of those movies that I went and I bought, and then I just never, never got around to watching. So it's, uh, it's one that I keep. Like, it's one yeah. that I'll look at, and be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch this, and then I, you know. Watch something that I've seen a thousand times. But like rap. Yeah, dude, it's such a last night, man. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's such a fun movie. It's like definitely check it out, Ghoul. It's just, yeah, it's just good like London, you know, sci-fi fun movie. Mhm. Yeah, no, definitely heard good things about it. Uh, so, Dean, we got any well, trailers yeah. for covering this week? <laughs> I don't. Really? I don't think I do. <laughs> um, but because we had three last uh, week. <laughs> and I didn't watch any of. <laughs> no. What are you guys talking That's about? That's for talking. <laughs> but anyway. We had um, for minutes, so, two, and <laughs> You know, we all know right now, uh, currently, currently <laughs> playing in the theaters, is uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which will hit really? place, uh in just two days <laughs> on the 21st. But uh, before Zack Snyder's army, uh, he, he, <laughs> he wrote uh, the very popular movie 300, as well as their, the sequel 300 Rise Barney. of an Empire. Uh, Snyder yeah, like uh, wow, recently wrote... Hot yeah, he did. Yeah, well, that he recently revealed that during the course of the pandemic... He had written uh, a third chapter, uh, which he said was going to be the wrap, uh, the 
close out the story, and he said that uh, Warner Brothers had shut it down with uh, no interest. He said that uh, even he wrote it during the pandemic and was hoping to get a green light, but he said that at the time right now, his relationship with Warner Brothers is not that great, and they said no, and that it is what it is. But, you know, we know he's got other projects going on right now. Anyway, so I just well, thought I would throw yeah. that out there because uh, – we know Zack Snyder yeah. is such a genius because, yes. you know, we've seen Justice is Grey. We have seen, you know, the, the, the Superior Dawn of the Dead movie. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's Zack Snyder, of course. But, you know, like, listen, I really enjoy 300. I enjoyed it when I saw it in theaters. It's one of those movies that I ended up, like, buying. I think I even had it on DVD at one point. I know I have it digitally. Um, it's a very enjoyable movie because it's also a classic tale the battle of Thermopylae is like you know it's an it's an amazing story and that's where the story needed to stay you know I, I, I when I got 300 it was with the two-pack I had never bothered seeing the sequel I just, just felt like it was one of those things that you needed to stay away from there was no reason for it no reason to even see it anything but eventually you know, my my own curiosity got the best of me, and I was like, you know what? I own it. I might as well watch it. Big mistake. So, so what I can say is to avoid, it's really bad. It's really bad. You know, it's it's definitely one to avoid. It's fucking terrible. I'm sorry, but you know what? Leonidas and his crew were the fucking story to be told. Everything that you got in that sequel was such such a such a shit show that. You know, even Eva Green couldn't save it. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching her because she's she's one of those actresses that kind of, like, makes me uncomfortable in a weird sort of way. It's like Helena Bonham Carter in a way. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something about her, her look, her behaviors. Right. Like, it gives you, like, this uncomfortable feeling. Um, and, like, even her being in the film as, like, the, the lead was just kind of like, yeah, this is just not going to work. Please, thank you. Stop. <laughs> now, see, it's funny like that you brought that up because I was because because again because of this and the Zack Snyder stuff that's going on, like I was also looking up stuff about Three Hundred. Oddly enough, you know, not related to the show, and it was just weird because Frank Miller was extremely uncomfortable with Zack Snyder directing Three Hundred because Frank Miller kept trying to give Zack Snyder direction. You know, going, this is not, look, you're varying away from the graphic novel, you know, and you're varying really, really far from the graphic novel. And Frank Miller had his own money invested in 300. You know, he was there, like, to help out, you know, and produce and stuff like that. And Zack Snyder just just kept fucking shutting him down, going, look, I know what the fans want. I'm going to give the fans what they want, you know. Don't worry about it. Just sit back, go drink another coffee, you know, and he kept shutting Frank Miller down. And on the flip side, it's like, wow, I find Frank Miller, like, annoying as fuck when he's not, you know, in pen and ink on a page. You know, and when, I, you know, he's actually a person, he's an annoying motherfucker. Or it's like, you know, he's a fucking god. And it's just, I, you know, it just threw me off that, like, you know, Frank Miller was just trying so hard. And this was, you know, right after him doing a sense that he you know stuff and it's like look i just want to sit there and convey the story and tell it i think it's a great story and zach snyder was you know pretty much pissing on him the entire time 
That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and that's that silence. Nice. Okay. All right. Awesome. Sorry, monkey. Oh, well, no, Thanks oh, it's, for uh, to the show. To <laughs> I just wanted to give everybody else a chance to say something. You know me. I always have something to say. You know, I don't know. Like, you know, there's always that argument that you have when you're looking at like somebody that's like you know the creator of a product or something. Um, take Todd McFarlane's Spawn, for instance. You know, like he built this world. Wow. He created this comic book. It was a great comic book at the time. You had a great animated series that came out, and then they went to make the movie, and it was a fucking hot turd. Now, in the same breath, I don't want Todd McFarlane necessarily making the Spawn film, you know, because just no. because he can he can write the comic book, just because maybe he can help with the you know with the cartoon. It, and you know, I would, would I want him on board with the project? Yeah, as an advisor, you know, there's certain things that work on pen and paper that don't work in film, you know? And I think with what you got with the first 300, it was almost like catching lightning in a bottle. You know, you got Gerard Butler and that entire, like you you just got a cast of guys that were all about to become breakout stars. Michael Fassbender is like one of those characters in that movie. You know, Gerard Butler fucking blows up, becomes a huge actor. Um, Lena Headley as, uh, you know, his wife in that movie. Um, Yeah. You know, there, there, there were all of these, these people in place. And, you know, Zack Snyder, as much as, you know, we may not always like his artistic vision. We may not always like what he does with it. But, you know, like for me with 300, he created something in which it kind of married the idea of like those moving comic books, the motion comics, you know, that I don't yeah. always like. But I liked what he did with that in 300. And then you add to it like the blood and the guts and the dismembered parts and like just all those, those, those moments where that, that slow motion stuff that he overdoes now didn't necessarily wear on me so much with that movie the first time I saw it. You know, when you try to watch it, it was something times and it's yeah, I guess it was kind of new. It's kind of like the first time you see Bullet Time in The Matrix. You know, once every other yeah. movie does it at nauseum, you're kind of like, okay, well, what are they going to do next? Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like it, it fit what he was doing with the violence in 300 more than any other film that he's done using that same slow motion effect, you know, it just, it was like, it slowed it down to kind of let us see the, the, the anger and the fury and the rage of these warriors or like, you know, like just a specific dismemberment moment before speeding up again. And like, you know, going right back into the battle. Um, like I, I liked the way that was done. So, you know, listen, Frank Miller, just keep writing the shit. That's we're good with that. Create and let movie makers make movies. Good point, man. Thank you. The ghoul of geek, ladies and gentlemen. Just the ghoul now. He's he's no longer the ghoul of geek. He's just the ghoul. (laughs) The fun ghoul. When he gives us such an astute and esteemed analysis such as that, I feel it's worthy to to bring his full moniker, even if it's not his actual moniker, uh, to the table. It was just so so well-stated. So well-stated, ghoul. And thank yeah, you. What, was that, it means everything. My favorite, even though I don't like Zack Snyder, my favorite quote came from him when he was talking about like what he would have done with the Batman series that Christopher Nolan didn't do. And actually, I looked for while you guys were talking, but he said, "Everyone says that about Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins." Batman's I'm like, okay, no, Batman's cool. He gets to go to the Batman monastery and be trained by ninjas. Okay, 
I want to do that, but he doesn't like hitting racist prisons. It's not going to happen in my movie. You want to talk about dark. That's not dark. My Batman. <laughs> Why, man? Like, just stop. Uh, no yeah, yeah, he wants to go full fucked up, fu- uh, you know, Arkham Asylum kind of shit there, man. You know, where it's like, you, you know, because didn't you say that was his plan for Arkham Asylum is sit there and take that, twist it, and then ha- actually have that scene of Batman being raped in Arkham Asylum? Play all the inmates, yeah. They, they run a train on Batman. Uh, like Freddy's mother? A week. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Because he said that that's why he doesn't like all the Man, because there's no sex or violence. He's like Watchmen. That's my speech. And there's fucking and there's violence. But yeah, Batman and Superman. No sex and violence. I I don't know. I don't think I'd be able to handle a movie that's like Fender did, but Batman's getting raped by all the inmates in Arkham. I'd be like, stop it! I'd be like that South Park episode was a raping Indiana Jones. Stop it! Yeah, it's like. Uh, uh, again, it's like that's just that Zack Snyder, like you know, tr- trying to cross the line that just shouldn't be fucking be crossed, man. It's just you you don't sit there and turn it into you know deliverance. It's you know it's you don't sit there and take and break the Batman that way. It's like I, 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 breaking it like Ivan. Well, yeah, man. You know, and this is where I like lose total respect for Zack Snyder when he does this kind of stuff. Is like he, you know, puts those statements out there to sit there and see, like, in my opinion, just to get a rise out of people instead of going, "This was actually my true vision." Yeah, no, he goes for the rise, and that's more power to him. That's what he wants to do. Obviously, Army of the Dead, making a big wave. Everybody loves it, you know. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, um, all right, robot zombies. <laughs> yep. Yep. Zombie tiger. Meow. That's cross on the line, man. That's cross on the line, man. In that continued quest to to own everything in the world, uh, Amazon is uh, imminently uh, going to announce <laughs> uh, that they have acquired MGM, uh, the entire MGM company, including studio and entire. Uh, film library. Uh, this deal is going to be for around $10 billion. Um, it's not set yet, but it could be announced at any time. So Amazon continuing to build uh, their universe and, you know, eating the MGM up Grand everything and in its The path. casino down in uh, Virginia also a part of that deal? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I believe that those things are just, I, I, I could be wrong because I don't, you know, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a real estate guru, but those things might oh, wow. be naming rights. I don't know if those are owned by like MGM itself, and if, perhaps if they are, then then they are. But they're acquiring MGM, the company. So if they do, all right, Amazon do. Grand. Okay, but heavyweight battle. Okay, when it comes down to it, okay, heavyweight battle. All right, because we all know it's going to be down to Disney versus Amazon. What do you What do you guys think? Disney. Well, I, I feel like. If one of them see, well, the thing is, is that Amazon, as a whole, uh, even step up, like slice their their entertainment wig out, um, you know, is a is a massive company. I feel that as far as the entertainment side of things, I think if one of those companies uh, ends up being able to acquire Netflix, uh, then that's the company that's going to win. 
because I feel like Amazon Prime and Netflix and Disney Plus are like the three big ones, uh, when it, or the three biggest ones when it comes to the streaming services uh, and their numbers. And I don't have any data with me to back that up, but I feel that if one of those two is able to acquire, uh, you know, no one's acquiring Amazon, you know, uh, but I feel like yeah. if Amazon uh, uh, or Disney is able to, uh, then obviously that's the company that that will that will be the ruler of the world. Uh, yeah, because I'm, only- I, but because I'm with the king here, where I say I think it's definitely gonna be Disney, but you know because they owe so much fucking stuff that no one knows that they fucking own, you know. <laughs> but between the two, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pickle, got what the do you kids think, market, man? man. I think they've got the kids. Yeah, you know, so you've got an entire army like just just built up from the ground, man. Like you've got people that are fucking lifelong. You got people that are lifelong Disney fans, you know, people that literally from being small children up until being on their deathbed are fans of Disney. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have that with Amazon. You know, that, that, that love for, for that Amazon product, I don't believe is ever going to be there. Amazon is just who you buy shit from currently, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, are they ridiculously, uh, you know, a money-making fucking giant? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, barring them buying Disney, which I just don't see that ever being possible because, like, you know, the monkey just said, there's so much more involved with Disney than most of the shit that we even know about. You know, they own things that we don't even fucking realize they own sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no way, yeah you know, I think it's going to be the thing of, you know, the world is going to be owned by 50% Amazon, 50% Disney. <laughs> but moving yeah. on, Ghoul. I mean, Dean. So, as you will. Yes. Yeah, Dean. So. <clears throat> do it. <laughs> Clear the throat for this We one. know that American <laughs> Horror Story, the next season uh, coming in the fall, American Horror Story uh, double feature. Uh, is going to air in the fall. It's going to be made up of 10 episodes uh, with the final episode of the double feature season will be on, on Halloween. Uh, there had been talk about an American horror story uh, or American horror stories, uh, which was going to be uh, standalone episodes of contained stories. And uh, while there is no uh, episode list yet or any, information, uh, the information that is out there is that the American Horror Stories is officially going to debut in July, and it's going to be a Hulu exclusive, and all of the episodes will air before uh, the American Horror Story double feature season begins. Uh, The only detail that I saw was that uh, Sarah Paulson, a regular performer in the American Horror Story and Ryan Murphy Universe, uh, has directed at least one of the episodes, um, but that will be starting in July and will run up until or just before when uh, American Horror Story Double Feature uh, airs uh, in its regular um, uh, network. So there's the American right. Horror Stories news. And uh, Netflix uh, is going to have a big movie event this summer. Uh, with R.L. Stein's Fear Street trilogy. Uh, they're calling it a big movie event. 
Uh, Fear Street 1, 1994, will be debuting on July 2nd. Fear Street 2, 1978, on July 9th. Fear Street 3, 1966, on July 16th. And uh, director, uh, the director, Lee Janiak, has said that they filmed all three uh, over a crazy summer and that they want the audiences to have a similar experience, and that's why they're going to release these three films uh, one week apart in July. So if you've been looking forward to R.L. Stein's Fear Street uh, movie trilogy, uh, it's just a couple months away, uh, starting July 2nd. Now, Keith, I know you're super excited about this one, aren't you, right? Yeah, the teaser dropped today. I'm really excited. The third part's actually 1666, but it's all going to tie together with 1994. So, uh, and it's going to be rated R, all three entries. So they're definitely oh, going to be really? that piece. Yeah, that R.L. Stein started because R.L. Stein pushed that envelope with those books. I mean, they were PG-13, borderline R. But, yeah, they said it's going to be a full-out R for all three entries. So teaser dropped. I was just fucking so excited. I, was like, I, just, I want a full trailer, not a teaser, but... Yeah, July can't come fast enough. You'll you'll get that in, in due time, King. Just just be patient. Just be patient and, and you'll get it. Like this is my Army of the Dead guys. I remember when you guys were so <laughs> <Army of> the <laughs> Dead? <laughs> yeah. And you guys were all like, Oh man, Army of the Dead's coming. Like, yeah. I'm a dead for two streets. Bring back my No, that's that, 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 yeah. Army of the Dead. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same Yo, time, King, though, man, like just, that's, that, that's really cool, though, that they're actually, like, you know, pushing an R.L. Stein project and g- actually giving it an R rating. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, that's pretty fucking cool, man. Yeah, and it's not Goosebumps territory anymore. It's full on. So. What are you yeah. going to say, Dean? I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, like, like I like I have the article right in front of me, and I'm seeing uh, Fear Street 3 is 1966. Well, nope, that's not what the trailer put out. 1666, actually going to go all the way back to the 1600s, the third part. 1666. I watched the teaser this morning. So. I, yeah, I believe so you. I'm not doubting your teaser-watching viewing. Uh, I might, maybe the article just has a typo. Yeah, it could be wrong. Which is, but it's possible. You know the I king's going to look on the teasing of that old shit because that's what he likes. He likes to tease that old shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like hey! Grandma! Yeah, I'm actually Part three, nineteen sixty-six. Yeah, so there must be a mistake in, in this article because I'm 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 looking at I made sure I examined all of the numbers uh, to make sure, and uh, it it says to me it it's, it definitely does not say sixteen sixty-six. It says nineteen sixty-six. So anyway, 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 anyway. I just opened the second article, and this article does say 1666. So the first article I was reading obviously had a typo. So I apologize to all of our loyal listeners for my for my mistake. The the last thing I want to do is lead you on with false information. Thank you, Mom. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm here for the correction. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Hi, Massacre, Mom. everyone's favorite. Uh, back in uh, before he passed away, uh, Gunnar Hansen uh, wrote a book about his experiences uh, making the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was called uh, Tech, uh, Chainsaw Confidential, How We Made the World's Most Notorious Horror Movie. And uh, this book went deep into like the making of, of this film and what it was like on set with Toby Hooper and 
you know, filming bare bones in the hot Texas sun and everything and else that went along with making that film. Uh, now it's been announced that this book is being turned into a movie, except with a weird twist. It's not going to be a documentary. It's actually going to be a dark comedy feature film, uh, casting to begin soon. Uh, Ambitious Entertainment and Impossible Dream Entertainment are joining forces uh, to bring this to you, but they're going to be taking Gunnar Hansen's uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, memoir and turning it into a a very interesting concept. Um, I'm going to guess if any of us here has, it would be uh, The King of Horror. The King of Horror, have you read this book that I speak of? I did. I used to own it. Uh, one of my favorite books. Cause I, obviously, I'm a huge uh, Chainsaw fan. I've actually tried to find a copy of it recently, and it's a high-end item. I mean, it's, you can get a paperback for about Is it in your top 20 of books? What's that? Is it in your top 20 of books? Oh, easily. Because that book made me laugh and maybe just kind of hearing all the weird stories that Gunnar had to say about how he ate a whole plateful of uh, marijuana laced brownies one night and he tripped fucking balls trying to do one of the sequences that he had to do. And he had no idea if there was weed in it, and he was freaking out, and he had to be calmed down. I mean, it's just... Put your weed you know, he, in. he knows about how, you know, he got the part because the original actor was pulled up in a hotel room shooting blanks at a wall, and drunk off his ass, like, you know what I mean? What? So funny. Uh, yeah, so he, he has a lot of funny stories, and it was one of my favorite reads. And when I met him in person, he had the same type of story, so... The fact that they're making it into like a dark comedy, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it could be a lot of fun because if they stick to the story itself, it's a dark comedy about how they how they film things and everything that could possibly go wrong did, you know, on that set in the hot, you know, Texas sun in the summer. Man, definitely that'd be a, a fun project, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm available, guys. The people out there listening are making that movie. I have the bill. I have the mask. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll be here. I'll be here, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> the role of been practicing for my entire life. All right. I hope. Uh, ambitious Entertainment and Impossible Dream Entertainment, if any representatives from either of these companies are listening right now, uh, our very own King of Horror has thrown his proverbial hat into the ring. And you try and have five... Uh, he, he does have five IMDb credits to his name, so there, there you go. He is an established actor. He's a very experienced so, you know. actor. <laughs> I'm a touchscreen. I'm a ticket for me. <laughs> IMDb. I'm a large guy that can carry a chainsaw. What better do you need? What more do you need? <laughs> what more do you need? What more do you need? Just, just don't cut your fucking thigh with the fucking chainsaw like I did in the first fucking one. <laughs> That was chicken meat. We all know that. That was a steel plate coming to chicken meat. Come on, man. Can't trick me up with that. <laughs> Although he did slip and almost fall on a chainsaw one time while I was running. So that was another story. So I'm, I'm looking. Anything Texas Chainsaw Master related, I'm all in for it. So. Very cool stuff. Dean. What else do you have? Uh, if you ever thought that you would like to own the mask that Kane Hodder wore in uh, Friday the 13th in uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Um, If you would like to own the mask that Kane Hodder wore in this film and also have it signed by him, 
uh, the chance could be yours between June 29th and July 1st because Prop Store is going to be hosting the largest live auction of film and memorabilia with 1,200 rare and iconic lots to be sold. Uh, this is going to include the screen-used Jason mask, uh, signed and worn by Kane Hodder. Uh, it's, expected, it's expected to go for $20,000. So, uh, King, I know you might like to have this item, so maybe one of your grannies uh, can pony up the dough uh, for you to have, have, this, have this item. And then uh, when you get the role of, uh, for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, dark comedy feature film, uh, you can maybe pilfer some goods from that set and start to add some of these real deal items to your collection. Now, do you have a date oh. for this auction, Dean? Uh, July, uh, June 29th to July 1st. Okay. Uh, hold on, guys. I actually have a letter from the corrections department. Let me open it up here. Hmm. Oh, yes. It is not a screen-worn mask. Uh, by Kane Hodder from that particular film. Prop Store is actually having an official screen match mask that was designed by KMB effects artist Howard Berger for the film. That was not oh. worn, but actually created a film. So, oh. oh, KMB, the same special effects who do to there and did the special effects for Jennifer's body. Surprisingly, and how it ties into tonight's movie. Wow. Look at you. King of the segues here. There you go, monkey. <laughs> Proud of you. But does uh, if anybody knows about this next thing, it also would have to be uh, the King of Horror, who's up on all things, you know, Romero-related and uh, Night of the Living Dead-related uh, related and such. So uh, Warner Brothers has something on the slate uh, that is called Night of the Animated Dead, uh, and it's been tagged rated R for bloody gruesome zombie violence and it's being uh, like it's like mysterious I can find no information about this uh, has anybody else or uh, King uh, do you know what this is that I'm talking about no I have not heard of it first time I'm hearing about it Night of the Animated Dead I have not heard about it so that's an interesting project but no so I'll have to see if I could leave some information up about that one Yes. So I don't yes. know about either. <laughs> but moving on. All right. So I'll have to look that up, but I haven't heard anything about that. But all right. So all right. Uh, cool yeah. There's nothing up. to find. Like I looked. I did some did some looking, and I could not find anything. In regards to the Jason mask, I just wanted to check here again. Uh, this, this is twice tonight, but here I am looking at the article that I read, and I shit you not, like on the page of this article. Uh, it says one of the high right now, and it did not say this earlier today. Uh, one of the highlights is a screen used screen. And now the words screen used are still there, but there's like a line through the words screen used. And now after it, it says screen match. So I am, must be reading mm-hmm. the wrong websites that don't have the good information. Uh, cause, cause there it is. Uh, screen used is now crossed off. But it's still there on the yeah. web page. Very strange. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely them sitting there. They're trying to make a screen accurate match. Yeah, and it's not warm. So, yep, that's why we have to thank our tireless people that work in the corrections department. Thank you, guys. 
you guys do the world. Yeah, I just I just sent the picture of the word screen used crossed off on the web page. They didn't just like open up their HTML and take out the words. They just fucking put a line through them. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck up that up. Yeah. Yep, they, they fucked oh, up. we and, fucked and there up. You fucked up. All right, you fucked up. Okay. <laughs> okay, and it's a nice feature, which is the Google's pick of the week. Jennifer's body from 2009. by Karen Kusama. Google, the floor is yours. Jennifer's body. And what a body it is. Uh, oh, here we go. It's, it's Megan <laughs> Fox looking like Megan Fox, um, doing things that Megan Fox does. And, uh, yeah. And, and it's a movie. Now, listen, it's, it's, it's a flick that's been on my radar for a while. Um, I remember when it came out back in like 2009, I guess it was, 2008, something like that. Uh, it like, I was interested in seeing it, but mostly that had to do with the fact that it was Megan Fox, you know? And I was like, wow, she's hot. She's coming <laughs> off of Transformers and damn, I'm going to go see that movie. And then I just never did. And it kind of like, you know, just fell off the face of this planet. Uh, then like I'd hear like inklings about it. Oh, that movie bombed. It wasn't all that good. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. And then just a couple years ago, it's like, you know, one of those things where you catch an article and it was somebody talking about, you know, they revisited the movie and it's kind of like taking on this whole new life now where it's kind of seen as like a cult classic, um, you know, it's a, uh, it's definitely like a, a movie that is full of Me Too movement vibes, uh, girl power all the way, uh, and all of that. Well, you know, it was on sale on Xbox at some point for like four ninety nine, the unrated version, and I was like, ooh, I'm cheap, and she's hot, so I'm going to buy it. Um, and that's <laughs> Great combination. <laughs> that's how I came to own the movie, and uh, just like a lot of my films. And then it was like, you know what? I'm going to finally watch this. And what better way to watch it than, than to watch it with my, my, my three other buddies and, and put you guys through all of the, the, the sexy hotness. Uh, that being said, I mean, I found the film to uh, – yeah, it was enjoyable but a little underwhelming. Um, I kind of expected a little bit more, I think. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there as we get there. How about you guys? What did you feel about Jennifer's body? Hey, what do you think about Jennifer's body? Uh, so, this is one that I had not seen before, and obviously I have heard about it, uh, but I knew nothing about it. I had not an inkling of a deal about what it was about uh, whatsoever. So, here we are uh, going in, and uh, subsequently doing some reading about it after my viewing, um, you know, I'm seeing it described as like a horror comedy, and I just feel that for something described as a horror comedy, I feel like... There wasn't enough horror, and there wasn't enough comedy. Like, there was, a, there was some of those things. I feel there was a little bit more to the horror and then the comedy end. Um, but, like, I don't know. I got, like, some Ginger Snap vibes, even though there's not sisters. Uh, and, uh, you know, another weird <laughs> reference, but the low shoulder band in a different way. I got just, like, a little bit in a different way of uh, du jour vibes. Um, Ghoul, I know you remember <laughs> du jour, very famous boy band. Uh, they they were severely injured in a, in a plane crash, but made their way back to save the day later later on. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like this was fine. Like you know, uh, Megan Fox is nice to look at, and Amanda Seyfried as well. And uh, you know, I I I enjoyed it. 
Uh, I don't think it's something that I'm going to like seek out to like watch again. Uh, but I'm glad it was a pick, and and I certainly you know had some fun watching Jennifer's body. Rachel Lee I just love hearing the I just love hearing the dean say I love watching Jennifer's body. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so yeah, this is not my first time seeing this movie. I've seen this movie before. Um a friend of the Divas brought it over to our house and I'll and there are people who don't watch horror and they brought this movie over and I was like, Oh shit, you guys wanna watch a horror movie with me? Fine. They put the movie on. I fucking roasted the living fuck out of this movie. It's like the entire time we were watching this movie, I was calling everything that was going on, you know, it's just having a good time ro- roasting the shit out of it whilst watching it, you know, because I got it. It's like, you know, I got that, you know, it's supposed to be a comedy, but the problem is a lot of people who watch this movie, um, take this movie as a serious horror movie and it's not supposed to be. It's like, it's a horror comedy. It's, everything that's done is like, it's a parody of high school. It really is. And, this movie is, let's see here, um, Succubus Heathers, if you will, you know, and it's not supposed to be, and it's not supposed to be taken seriously in any way, shape, or form. It's like this movie is a fun, fun, you know, throwaway horror movie. It's great to watch. It's you know, great way to burn an hour and a half. It's fun as hell. You know, but at the same time, it's not a serious horror movie. That was the problem with people that I was watching this with for the very first time is. They didn't realize that it was supposed to be just a fun, silly movie, and they were thinking this like it was a fucking exorcist. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Are you, you know?" And there's lots of people out there who love this movie. This movie has a huge cult following, um, and it's it's really mixed with the following because you have lots of people who get it and understand that it's supposed to be a comedy, um, and then you have. On the flip side, so many people that are taking this as a serious, serious horror movie, and they're like, are you watching the same fucking horror movie I'm watching? It's like, granted, it's fun, it's gory, it's out there, but it's like, you got to understand, it really, really is supposed to be comedy, and it's just, you know, the first time I watched it, I saw it, and I fucking hated it just because of the people that I was hanging out with, but then I sort of went back in, and... I was fucking getting all the humor, and it's great humor. It really, really is, you know, and it's just cheeky and off the top, and, you know, it's, like, over the top, and it's just, it's great. It's a fun, fun movie. It, so, wait, this, this it is really supposed is. to be a comedy. We're not supposed to take this serious. Right. <laughs> is that what but you mean? Apparently, uh, but apparently some of the people that I was watching this movie with were taking this as a serious horror movie. And yeah, that's why it shaved my buzz the first time. That. Which is why I was like, no, but seriously, dude, it's like when you said you were doing Jennifer's body, it's like I was like, oh fuck, I gotta watch Jennifer's body again, man. Oh god, it's gonna be a fucking chore. And it's like, but just because my first experience watching it was like just so bad because of the people involved. But seriously, Gold, thank you for making me watch this again because it's like watching it on my own and being able to soak in the humor on my own. It's like I was this time 
able to appreciate the movie for what it was, and I had a great time with it, man. I, seriously, I, I thank you for picking this movie, man. It, it was a fun ride. King, what did you think of this, man? Um, yeah, I had seen Jennifer's Body when it came out in theaters um, because I was just kind of absorbing anything in the theaters at the time, like horror-related. Um, and I just thought it would be kind of just a fun throwaway movie. You know, just you know, spend some dough, watch the movie, and, and that's exactly what it was for me the first time I watched it. It was, wasn't memorable. Um, I didn't particularly think it was that funny. I didn't. I mean, I love the gore effects because K and B worked on it, so you know you're going to get a solid product when they're working on the gore, and it works in that sense. Um, but as far as the humor goes, I didn't like it only because it's Diablo Cody. I just don't like the way Diablo Cody writes. Um, she tries right. very much to be like Tino, uh, trying to quick, quick, you know, wit, 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 and and you know, insert a pop culture reference here there. Um, you know, she she tries to be in the vein of of Tarantino. And that didn't really kind of vibe with it. Then a couple of years later, I read an interview with Karen Kusama, the director, and she said this movie was just not marketed properly. You know, it's, of course, you have male ad execs, you know, promoting the fact that Megan Fox is in this movie, and she's sexy and she's hot, but, you know, the, the movie is more than just Megan Fox. It's, it's for girls, too, and it's also about, you know, friendships and feminism, like the, the Gord said. So there's a lot of things going on with it, but it's just rewatching it now, that patina of 2009 emo dashboard confessional, My Chemical Romance, all time low, Panic of the <laughs> It's just so fucking thick. Like, as soon as you see Low Shoulder at the Melody Lane with Adam Brody, it's like, oh, that's just fucking uh, dashboard confessional type music. It's just emo at its best. And you can see somebody like Jennifer just being completely enraptured by this, this group. And I loved Adam Brody in this one watching it another time around because he's just so great. Playing the lead singer of this band who becomes so famous that he's willing to sacrifice a virgin to Satan to, to become this great group. And he doesn't even really care. Like, he's not even really listening to what she has to say. I mean, imagine being killed to fucking somebody singing Tommy's Two Tone. Like, that, that, I can't think of a more horrific way to fucking be killed than to be getting stabbed to death while Tommy Two Tone is taking care of you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I really did appreciate it this time. I thought that like I'm not a fan of Megan Fox, but she does have a couple scenes in this movie where I really did like her, uh, like in the back of the van when she's being led away, um, and kind of realizing that these guys might be rapists. So she's real quick to say that she's you know uh, totally a virgin and I've never done the sex before. You know, hoping that'll get them to leave her alone, but it, it doesn't. I don't even know how. And want her to do it even more, even though she had to sit on a bag of peas because she let Star Lord fuck her in the ass, and she was out of school that day because of it. <laughs> you know, you really kind of get the humor, you know, when especially when you're older, you kind of get a little more than I did, at least. You know, and I, I just had a lot of fun with it this time. I thought, man, if Fried was great as needy, you know, and how she becomes like a fucking rock star, and she's like, I'm more famous than Zac Efron and Dr. Phil and all these people, you know, in the mental institution. But it's kind of a I love the line that she has in the movie where she says, Jennifer is not high school evil. She's evil. And it kind of brought me back to, yeah, that's exactly what high school is like. You know, that girl's a bitch, but she's not evil. Like, she's not satanic evil. She's just a bitch. And it's like, no. Jennifer's on a whole other level. You know, she, she's a demon. She's a succubus. And, you know, she's, she's got to be yeah, dude, and and uh, I'm with you here, man. It's like I thought it was a great satirical piece just about life in high school. It's like they did a really great job of there, you know, and 
putting all of the categories of who you are in high school and it's just why you watch this movie. It's just fun to be like, okay, so when you were in high school, where did you fit in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody kind of has their, their weird spots. Like even, um, you know, when you have Jennifer, who's on the, the flag squad, you know, and everybody kind of thinks that she's very hot and, and sexy. And then you have Needy, who's just kind of on the outskirts. She doesn't really know where she fits. She's just Jennifer's friend. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like everybody knows Jennifer, but Needy, like, who the fuck is Needy? Like, that's just a friend. You know, and she's trying to carve her own way out. And the, the one girl that is saying to her that she's gay in the beginning of the movie, and when everything starts to happen, she's wearing a low-shoulder uh, low T-shirt. And she's like, how dare you talk ill of low shoulder? They are the fucking people <laughs> of the generation. It's like, again, she's trying to find her own place, too. Like, she just she's going along with it because, to me, it's one of those sympathy people. You know, they are in that crowd of people that want to be recognized as being sad because somebody died. So if somebody got killed in the football field, well, I'm going to be sad, and I'm going to blast through the trees at the top of my lungs because that's my anthem, and I'm, we all could be sad together. And Jake Simmons playing the teacher, trying to be sympathetic with the no hand for no explanation was so fucking great. <laughs> Just get it out, you guys. Let it out. The only other thing I could think of from Diablo Cody, like, you know, off the top of my head that I've seen was obviously Juno. Um and that was one of those films where it was like, okay, like I enjoyed, um, you know, Ellen, now Elliot Page's performance in that film. But I also felt like there was points in that movie that were kind of disjointed, uncomfortable, as they were supposed to be, but also points that were just boring. Um, yeah. I feel like Diablo Cody can write a solid main character in her movies. I think her problem is writing for all the secondary char- like characters. Like, this movie yes. wanted to be a horror movie version of Mean Girls, and that's what it needed. It needed more teenage females, like, within the film itself, as well as, you know, Jennifer doing what she was doing as a, you know, demonically possessed, you know, young woman eating other people. Um but it needed more characters with some personalities. So similar to the Dean, like, you know, like I, I understood watching this movie that it was supposed to be funny, but like some of the humor mm-hmm. just wasn't funny. You know, it's like, okay, like I get that. Like, you yeah. know, I get what humor you're going for, but it's just like, okay, it, it is what it is. It's not much of a joke. Um, you know, and like, yeah, some of the gore effects that occur in the movie were okay, but there wasn't enough of that. It's like she couldn't figure out whether or not she wanted to go straight horror. Did she want to go comedy? I mean, Monkey, you compare this to, like, Heather's at one point, and this movie is nowhere near it. I get that. Like, you know, you can try to put it in, like, the same area of it, but I think the Dean's assessment of it being closer to a Ginger Snaps, which I felt that was even better just because of the performances of those actresses and the believability of that movie in that world because that's what like was lacking here like all these secondary characters they just all felt fake and they didn't feel fake in a funny enough way um but you know adam brody love him i love seeing him in everything yeah. there's our oc reference right there mm-hmm. um because that's where you know i was introduced to him dude i saw fucking chris pratt and i'm like holy shit it's chris pratt you fart me yeah. on <laughs> yeah seriously you know, J.K. Simmons, hey, he's, has, huge. You know, he's playing like this. Yeah, he's 
big. He, yeah, he looks big, but he doesn't look heavy, heavy big. Like, you know, he was always talked about as being such a fat guy. Uh, no, no, like no, no, no. I mean, no, no. I mean, compared to making a box, I mean, he looks fucking huge. Like, box as fuck. Oh, yeah. You know, she's, yeah, yeah. She's petite. But she only weighed 98 pounds while watching, while doing uh, the movie. Like so, you said, you know, she's, she's much. petite. You know what I mean? You gotta remember, she was shy of the Buffalo bitches in the fucking Transformers movies. So, you know, that's that stud muscle that he is. They, they needed to find a girl that was somewhat smaller than him um, so that he wasn't feeling threatened in that movie. Uh, which is why they got rid of her by the third one. Um, I totally lost my train of thought, too, man. But whatever. So, so yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of like what I was feeling with, with the movie is just that it was like. There, there were these these points that I wanted it to get to and be funny and like it was gonna. I kept feeling like it was going to do it in the next scene or it was gonna go there in the next scene, and then it doesn't. Like each time, and it just kept like doing that to me the entire film. Yeah. And the goal brings up a lot of good points though, man, is because there are a lot of like pop culture references that are extremely forced in this entire movie. You know, to let you know what date this is happening. You know, but. But at the same time, it's like it. Like, hate to say, you know, it, it also works though, you know, because it's just you know the, the writing that's going on is like we're through there capturing, trying to capture high school, we're not trying to capture college, we're not trying to capture young adults. It's like the toned down writing, you know, on the flip side, it's like it does work, you know, and. This is there and adds to just the silliness of a weird fucked up high school, you know, drama. Well, and and the one thing I, I did like is when once Jennifer comes back as a succubus and she's killing people, but she kills the the one jock in the in the uh, the woods, and you see the deer <laughs> eating his entrails. She goes up to Colin. I love my dead gay son. And I forgot my head was kind of black from that, but no. It's when she kills, you know, the uh, Colin, you know, the kind of goth kid. First of all, he doesn't know what he is because he's listening to Screeching Weasels, I could see clearly now, on his way to go to see Jennifer. I was like, no, he would be with in the Bauhaus or something like that. He, he's trying to be goth, but he's also trying to be emo and punk all at the same time. But I love that his funeral, after he gets killed, you have the two goth friends, and I knew a lot of these people. <laughs> he's in the earthly realm now, and he's in the plane. And how could he leave us? How could he end up the mother? Like, yeah, you know what? He fucking destroyed. And he looks like a lasagna with teeth. He's not fucking traveling the fucking other realm. He is six feet downtown, you fucking asshole. Like, you know, they put him in their fucking place. If something need to be fucking told, he's not fucking Eric Draven. He was a fucking 15-year-old piece of shit in a high school in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and he just real quickly just shot him down. Like, to me, that got the biggest laugh out of me. That, that was probably yes for me too. You know what though? I could have done mm. without her going downtown. You know, like her using the words downtown just was like that that one step too far. I would have preferred for her to have like really kind of gone in with like a serious like attack of those those kids right there, like she does. Yeah. But like it goes to making her funny when she goes, he's six feet downtown. Why? Why? Uh, yeah, but at the same time, so that was the the other awesome thing about this movie, though, was just all of the lines that they're willing to cross, with, you know, with their lines, you know, of there and just pushing it and just there 
and putting it out there of, yeah, we're going to sit and say all the shit that all you motherfuckers are afraid to say in other movies. And that's what made this movie fun, man, is they weren't afraid to sit there and cross the lines and be like, okay, stuff we're not supposed to say in this day and age, you know, fuck you. We're going to say it anyway. And we're going to put it right out there and in your fucking face. And we're going to sit there and cross everything we possibly can and just make this a fun fucking ride for all of you. You know, and, and you have to kind of be ready to take that kind of fun ride and not take it too seriously and, and just enjoy it for what it is. I mean, the, the band's obnoxious. Both shoulders so obnoxious. Even when they become famous and they have the one fucking song, like they don't have any other song except for the one. And there's a big music coming into this town. <laughs> you know, and then even when Jennifer is telling the story about how she got killed at, at Devil's Kettle at the site, you know, it's, a, it's like, well, what's your name? Is it, is it Tiffany? Uh, yes, whatever. Like, you know, it, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And when he breaks out the gigantic knife and he's like, oh, man, sick knife. He's like, yeah, it's a Bowie knife. Ooh, Bowie. <laughs> oh, like, Bowie. You're not laughing. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I was <laughs> – because they, they, they didn't know a fucking thing about the knife, but they fucking knew their rock and roll. And they were like, oh, Bowie. All right. Totally cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's where the joke was supposed to come from. You know, and then they sit there and he's like, dude, this is going to be totally gnarly. All right. Ready? 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 And then they start, like, Google saying, you know, <laughs> just a thing in Jenny <laughs> at her. And it's like, oh, that's just a big move. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, I said. You imagine yourself being killed by a bunch of dudes and they're fucking thinking, I mean, two tones, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. That's horrible. I'd be like, dude, this is nice. I'll kill myself. Damn it. <laughs> Stop being d- d- stupid. Oh. Yeah, just, yeah, just give me the knife. <laughs> yeah, I, I will slice my own throat. I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> and of course, it, it leads to the bedroom sequence with Shemaine Seafried and Jennifer Raz. Uh, I was going to call her Jennifer, but no. Megan Fox also said it's their favorite thing because it's not only obvious. It's giving two women the chance to, to get to know each other in a very intimate way. While she wears an Evil Dead t-shirt. I'm like, all right, thumbs up. Evil Dead making a favorite in this movie. <laughs> she has an Evil Dead poster, too, in the background. Um, yes, she yeah, did. Yeah, in frame. Yeah, I mean, this, this is like one of those things that, that is talked about in the film. Obviously, not just the specific scene, but like the, the latent bisexuality involved with the movie and you know that's one of those things that i would have and not just for obvious you know perverted reasons but it's something i would have liked to have seen more explored through the film itself you know getting a little more in you know involved in needy's process of that you know like this movie obviously jennifer knows who she is jennifer knows who she is at the beginning of the film jennifer knows who she is when she's demonically possessed jennifer always knows who she is this movie needed to be needy's journey of self-discovery and you know Uh, within that self-discovery should have been in there whether or not she could possibly be in love with her best friend and that's something that I felt like the movie shies away from, even though we get this make-out session, which is completely fantastic. The close-up of the oh, scene, yeah. it's just, the way it's yeah, shot, man. and again, I don't even just mean this on, like, I can't even stop laughing when I'm talking about it, because it's like, I, I want to be serious about it when I'm talking about it. Um, like, you know, everything about it was just framed very well and very artistic. Um but the scene is like a, it's 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 one and it's 
done, you know, and it's not something that gets explored again in the film. It's like, you know, like Needy has this, this moment of desire and then it's just automatically washed away and the movie just keeps on going. It's like this scene was like a, a part of a different movie. Well, and what's interesting to note is the fact that um, when we talked about Colin being killed, that's during the scene where Chip and Needy have sex. But after the attack on Colin happens, you have this weird Jamie and Michael Myers fucking psychic connection a la Halloween 5. So Needy is, like, psychically connected to, to Jennifer. But what I like about it is the fact that she freaks out on Chip during sex and then doesn't really go back to him and say, man, I'm so sorry. Like, I shit happened, and I am so sorry. So this fucking guy's thinking the entire time, I'm a lousy lay. She doesn't like me. But then you have this weird awakening between Jennifer and, and, and Needy. It doesn't really go anywhere. But then he finds her again, and he's like, hey, we're going to the dance, right? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I was like, man, this fucking poor kid. He must think that his dick sucks. Like, you know. He does not have the inches down there. <laughs> like it, was great, it was a great three minutes for him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Is it too big? No, man. It's definitely not. He's just staring up at you. Yeah, but during this entire scene, I also like, like, you know, because we have this moment where it's like she's messing around with the emo, you know, Jennifer's messing around with the emo kid, and, you know, we have Nitty, you know, losing her virginity, and she's excited about it, you know, and, you know, she has a she has the lights on, you know, she, she wants this to happen. And on the flip side, it's like, I think this is a really, really cool scene. Um, you know, not because of the weird hotness or anything like that, but because it's okay to show that girls want it too. You know, when they're in the, you know, when they're at that moment, you know, they want to have sex as well. And I thought this is really, really important that she seems like, not wary in any way, shape, or form. She was really, really excited that was actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, for a second, you know, she did that, and that's when she comes crashing back down to reality. It's like, oh, shit. You know, I'm not gay, and I'm this and that. And, you know, Jennifer, it's no big deal. Like, Jennifer's never going to kill her. You know, even though she does say she goes both ways, at that moment, Jennifer's not going to kill her. Jennifer just wanted to fuck, you know, because she does go both ways sexually. But to the media, it's like, you're, you're still my best friend, and that's why I love, you know, the little flashbacks that you do have of, of Jennifer and Needy where, you know, you get to be, you know, Ashley, the ugly friend, and I get to be the hot Barbie because that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But Needy's still kind of being friendly to her and caring for her, especially when she puts her thumb, like, hand in the thumbtack. You know, because you always see that she's looking out for Jennifer's best interest. Jennifer's always looking out for number one because, like the ghoul said, Jennifer fucking knows who she is. She's a slut, and she likes it, and that's who she is. Needy doesn't know. Needy needs Jennifer around to give her an identity. She needs that. And if she doesn't have that, then she's nobody. So that's, I like to have those flashbacks. But yes, um, we do have the, the makeup session. And of course, we have the small occult section in the library at school, which, what fucking school do you go to where you have an occult section? Well, it's very small. But after the final. Well, school, see, again, you know, again just, to, just to cut in and kind of rewind a little bit with what you were saying there between Jennifer and Needy. It's also very similar to the American Beauty situation in which when you have Thora Birch and uh, – I can't remember her name right now, man. The one from the American Pie movies, too. Um, sorry. But when, uh, when, when they're with Ricky Fitz and she says, you know, well, at least I'm not ugly. And Fitz turns around and says, well, yes, you are. 
you know, you just, you're just friends with her because it makes you feel better about yourself. You know, you can sit here and, you know, and expound about all of these things and be this kind of person and everything, because no matter what, you're always going to have this other person that you're going to lord yourself over because they worship you. And that's very much the relationship between Needy and Jennifer here. Um, I, I, I almost... It's one of those where it's like a symbiotic relationship more than it's an actual friendship. There's no connecting thread to show that it's an actual friendship. It's just, you know, one of the It's not going to last past high school. One of those things where, it's, yeah, if these guys make it out, they are never talking again. Needy is going to go off to bigger and better things, and Jennifer's going to end up a waitress at the Melody Lane when they open up again. <laughs> no doubt. That bitch, that bitch burned down? <laughs> yeah, they can rebuild it. If they rebuild it, they will. You know, finding out about that was something that I is, kept thinking was going to come back too at some point. I'm sorry. the The fact that okay, Jennifer wasn't a virgin, which is what created the problem of her becoming a demon. Yet at the same right. time, yes, both shoulders still became a huge band. You know, they became this mm-hmm. blown-up band about it. So you never get the explanation as to why they still got their end of the demonic bargain. Because you would think if they cheated well, they the capitalized on the fire. They, well, they capitalized yeah. on the fire and picked themselves as heroes. But again, if you bargain with the devil, the devil's supposed to come back and, and, and fuck you over on that. They made a specific sacrifice that didn't work. What I kept thinking was going to happen was that we were going to find out at some point, well, that because the thing burned down, there was a virgin in there, and the fire happened because of them, and in a way that was them sacrificing a virgin without even realizing it. Like it was an accidental, yeah. you know, demonic <clears throat> sacrifice. And you got to hesitate to Adam Brody. You just got the bar, you just bring in that He's like, man, this is crazy. Like, I'm in the moment right now, and I'm like, panic. You guys want to get out of here or whatever? There's a guy screaming for his life, and he's like, yeah, wow. Like, so crazy that happened, right? Like, Let's get out of here. <laughs> so I just could not say no good things about that, especially when he shows up in the dance at the end. All of them, you know, with the little mustache and the band's all popular now, singing the exact same fucking song. Like, man, to ride that way, one song in the trees of the most high school. And everybody's just rocking back and forth with where they have Sean Sandys and the only thing they have to serve at that dance. And that was the thing, like, like you know, through all of this, man, was the, one of the things that made it so enjoyable and, the, you know, and, and still the comedy and it's just, the fact that you have this movie and they're sitting there, everyone is nailing their parts, you know, to, to the cues, and it's just adding to the comedy of this entire fucking film is just everyone's being so fucking straight about their shit entirely, you know, and it's like, yeah, you're doing fucked up shit, you know, we're, we're pulling out the bow knife, we're gonna sit there and do the sacrifice by, by the whirlpool, you know, all, all everything, and it's just... <laughs> but it, but again, it just ma- makes it for so much fun that everyone just stuck to their roles straight. And I also think that it's important to note that before uh, Chet gets to the dance, he's intercepted by Jennifer, who is becoming hungry again. She's becoming weak. 
her hair's falling out, but she knows she's going to compete again. Again. Oh, the Vince's weave is gold. <laughs> yeah, but she could have been what she wants, but she chose shit. Like, she could really fuck anybody she wants and eat whatever she wants. No, because like we had said, she's not really Needy's friend. I mean, you know, aside from the demonic possession, you know, I could have anybody I want, and I want to fuck your boyfriend and eat his fucking soul. And I could do it very easily, watch how easily I do it, and she does. And good old Chip, you know, following for his, you know, her stuff. I mean, he does stop her at a certain point, but I'm like, man, <laughs> you were all in with that. Like, you, you were you were ready. Like, you know, I couldn't believe I, I think it's more believable all the way. Like, like, I could do the thing that Nikki doesn't want to do. Like, what? Okay. Fuck <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't mind. Bag of beans. food. Yeah. Well, we know we know she did it because she did it with Roman, you know. So yeah. Um. Well, no, so yeah. So, behind uh, But this is where you have you know uh, uh, Needy running towards the pool house because she hears Chip screaming, and of course when she gets there, Chip has uh, a chunk bit out of his neck, and and Jennifer nom, nom, nom. is. But what I love is the fact that of his young meal. <laughs> yeah, you can open stuff up. Yes, exactly. But when she go when Chip goes, Oh my gosh, she's flying and she's like, No, she's levitating, it's not even that cool. It's like nothing fucking impresses you. <laughs> it it got such a rush out of me. It's like you're so fucking predictable, like, you know, and I could actually get anybody you want. And I kinda wanted to see more of a finality here, but we can't because it's it's one of those things where we still got time left in this movie, so obviously we're not going to get the final battle, technically. We're going to get Chip sacrificing himself by stabbing her with the, the pool skimmer and then and then always succumbing to his injuries and dying as, as Jennifer gets away. So it's like, okay, well, we're, we're going to get a final battle somewhere. somewhere. I, I love the, how it happens. Because after everything goes down, Jennifer, uh, me changing her clothes into the clothes that she changes into, she just fucking bursts like her window. <laughs> not even sneaking through. Not like slowly opening the window. No, she just died on through the fucking window. No, uh, she's like, no, so she I love like fucking American Eagle snake eyes. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh hey, <laughs> now like, what the fuck?" Like, no, no. oh, Tony, knife. what are you shopping Home Depot? You're so butch. <laughs> you know, some of these lines just gets me. But, you know, yeah, that fucking box cutter was amazing, though. The fucking length and, you know, how sharp that blade was. Man, that is a box cutter. Hot spot. That's amazing. Uh, but, you know, okay. there has to be an end somehow to her. Why not yeah. use a box cutter and make it hard? No, you're hard. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm crossing you out. <laughs> To you, yeah, Jennifer. And, it, and again, though, it's like this is why this movie was good is because it created its own slang, you know, for the movie, you know, and its own lingo, and it fucking worked. Yeah, and like I said, I, I'm not a fan of Diablo Cody and a lot of the slang that she uses. I think a lot of it is very childish in a lot of ways and very kind of just way too immature. Like when uh, Jennifer says, I got a wedding. Boo boo. Like, like, you know, I, yeah, boo-boo, I got a weddy, you know, shuddy. Like, it's just, a lot of it is very just, like, immature, childish. Wow. But then sometimes, yeah, she's just online. But, 
she's just up and down. Like I saw Juno and I hated Juno because of the language that they used. It was just trying to catch the language. I mean, you know, that being said, though, we do live in a society in which, you know, think about it. We call our fucking dicks wieners, peepees, cocks. We have, like, a thousand different names for them, you know, that, that get used on, like, a regular basis. So trying to come up with, like, some, some female slang for their, their, their genitalia that isn't, you know, male-driven nastiness like the, the, the C word or, or, or the S word or, you know, any number of uh, other other, you know, Oceanic references, um, you know they. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, <laughs> I can't play the, the deep. I, I like to try to establish it. Hugger, <laughs> no, that wasn't a reference to the deep. With the guild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the the ghouls, ghouls are talking to him again. Oh shit! <laughs> Mm-mm. Nasty, 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 man. <laughs> A great character, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, my problem with him, man, is well, every time I see him, dude, I just I think Jason Lee. Like, I just always think, like, Jason Lee would play that character so perfectly. What? And, it's, and he's played perfectly, but he remi- like he looks like Jason Lee. A little bit. Yeah. Especially yeah. when he's shaking his head. I was definitely going to say there's a little bit of a run of resemblance in Chase Crawford. But, um, um, but after Jennifer is vanquished, finally, you see the mother running into the room, and she's like, Jennifer, is everything okay? And he's like, ah, well, see, here's the thing. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm just going yeah. to – I need to take a second, you know, but I just need to take a second. I'll be there, you know. But just no explanation, well, just, you know, well, there. Well, <laughs> I've had the doozy of a day, officer. <laughs> 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 you will not believe the evening I've just had. Like, it started way back at the dance, right? Wasn't back <laughs> by your daughter. There. Turns out she killed a lot of people. She was possessed by Satan. Anyway, had to do the job. Had to kill her. Um, so I am going to go. We're going to check you this week. The, the, the cookie drive that we're going to have over at the high school. Hope to see you there. Let's check. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, because pecan sandies and punch were provided by the parent pool. But yeah, um, and now I'm gonna get my ass locked up. Well, sit there and do some zen shit because uh, lo and behold, as you get bitten by a succubus, you know, but I not killed. <laughs> you can be like Love Peter. Pa- you can be like Peter Pan too if you, if you if you if you have happy thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, you can fly and you can break out of a high-security mental institution. You can. You could just do that because that's what she does. And because she has to get revenge because Low Shoulder never really paid for what they did. So she's going to break out and go flag down the first car that she sees, which is driven by another other than Lance Henriksen, of all people. Fuck yeah! Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, it's Lance Henriksen. That's where he is. Like, and they didn't make him too pervy. You know, they didn't have him touch her leg or anything like that. He kind of acts a little bit like just he's a little bit, around a little bit weird. I, yeah, I but, you know. Devil. Ooh, that it would have made that sense, you know, to, to bring it all back around. And like I said, the devil gets his due. They didn't really give him a virgin. Um, like, not this movie. Like, I mean, it would have been, I don't know. I, I can't see it him being the devil. Like, it would have been too much. If all of a sudden his eyes started glowing red and he's like, oh, I'm actually the devil. 
You don't need to expound upon it. You just got to fucking show it. You give like a little, I don't know, some kind of like little subtle thing. You know what I mean? Could have been in this fucking license plate. Or red car. <laughs> I am DVL. <laughs> Horn. That's all you need on the back of that. Yeah. But she's, you know, how she's a fan of Low Shoulder and she's going to go see their last show ever. Um, and it's great how they present the, the sequence of the hotel room. You know, all shot through handheld video by the band. You know, they're doing rails of coke. They're eating M&Ms off of their guitarist. Like, you know, they're having a good time. And then it flashes to the blood, and you get to hear Hole playing in the background. I don't like Hole, but it's fine for this particular scene. So what? How can you not like yeah, Hole? I, uh, okay. Hole's wow. I fucking Holy hate Hole. Holy shit. I fucking despise what? Hole. I can't. Courtney loves screeching. It's just, it's terrible. It's like, oh man. It is like nails on a chalkboard to me whenever I hear a fucking whole song come on. Uh, I just, oh. it was so, I, I, I don't like it. It's not even the fact that she killed Kurt Cobain. It's the fact that she sucks. That's why I don't like Courtney Love. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm arguing that she Monkey doesn't want to be your friend anymore. No, I know, apparently not. <sighs> But yeah, then you can. No, well, we know, no, we know the Dean's thoughts on Nirvana, so. I mean, could be the most overrated band of all time. Agreed. Okay, but okay, but yes, um, like like he was saying, okay, movie ends. Uh, you know, these are shots. You know, and I fucking loved it that they actually gave a closure to the movie. Instead of sitting there trying to sit there and do a cliffhanger, I appreciate that they actually gave it a proper ending to the movie. They did, yeah. They, that she got her revenge, and you see the the crowd of fans is running towards the hotel room. You see her walking away. Um, and, and <laughs> revenge for her best for her her best friend, but really, I mean, symbiotic relationship, as we said, but. I mean, overall, it's just, it, it was a fun way to end it with, with Low Shoulder finally getting their comeuppance for, for what they did to Jennifer. Uh, yep. So, yeah, that is just funny. I, I, again, I had a fun time with it, and I was glad you picked it. Um, cool. But uh, next week, I think it is the Dean's pick. What do you have for the Dean? So, I've been sitting on a lot of different things and waiting for the right moments for the right choices in my never-ending list of films to cover for the show. And... Uh, given the circumstances, given the circumstances, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a pick for next week that I, that I'm excited about, and I'm excited to share you all with. And the timing is, the timing is finally right. And for next week on the show, uh, we are going to be covering Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Fuck what? I have to Courtesy. say, well, I was gonna like wait. I was gonna like flash. wait a while. I was gonna wait a while, but like I just feel like now now is it's the right time. I was gonna wait. I don't know six months from now, and then just kind of drop it out there. But I, I I I decided to go in the other direction and just go with the immediacy, uh, being that this film comes on Netflix just in uh in, in on Friday. So um, so there you have it. That that is my pick, and I stand by my choice. Twenty five hours away. Wow, we're going there. <laughs> We're going there. Chad Bang King. <laughs> We're going for a ride, baby. <laughs> I'll see you guys in two weeks. So I'll be back. For, uh, <laughs> I'll watch you guys.
you guys know what it is because if I'm going to be on next week's episode, you guys are going to have to deal with a very drunk game. That's fine. <laughs> Only way I'm. I mean, I'm fully support a very drunk king. I honestly, like, I, like, I, 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 I know we have made plenty of jokes about this, and that's not the, that's not the path I'm traveling with my words right now. I, I, I truly, 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 like, want you to watch it, and I truly want to hear your honest opinions. Like that, like that's it. Like that's, like that's, that's my motivation. Like I truly want to hear. I want you to watch it. Uh, like I know that unbiased might not be possible, but I truly want to watch it and to, for you to see it and to hear your thoughts about it. So um, if you have to be no, intoxicated, I mean, so be it. The monkey and I did talk about it. I just, I know it's X-Center, so it's going to be like three hours long. And uh, it's just going to be so it's three, it's three hours, hours it's, it's, long. No, it's Zack Snyder, so I know it's going to be fucking long. He doesn't make short movies. He doesn't make hour and a half movies. He makes, like, fucking two-hour, fucking three-hour epic. <laughs> two hours, 20 minutes. Two hours, 20 minutes. Fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. You should be ashamed of yourself, Zack Snyder. And I'm going to put you in your goddamn place next week, sir. Like, I actually think I can do something. So I can literally fucking yank your dick off and shove it up your ass for fucking Army of the Dead. So, <laughs> well, I mean... It sounds like and that, it's not really fair because it sounds like you have your mind already made up, and we're we're all about open minds here on Talking Terror. I I just I'm going to try my best. No, I'm going to sit on my couch, fucking just pounding beers and going, why the fuck am I here? But I'm going to try my best <laughs> and, and not think of it. Do what as you got to do, my man. Reason. You do what you got to do. Yeah, you you do you, King. You do you. Yeah, like I said, I, I knew that you were going to pick it, so I was prepared. So, yeah, we're, 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 we'll fuck it. We're just going to do it next week. Zack Snyder's only the dead. And you guys are going to yeah. have to just deal with, deal with me. You know, either being very drunk or very angry the entire show. All right. Well, maybe even both. Uh, but I can't wait. Right, and I'll see you all back here. I'll see you all back here next week. All right. Monkey, thank you so much for joining us. Jennifer's body. And why don't you go ahead and send yourself off? All right, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. Mwah! Thanks for listening. Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. And so, until next time, we're covering. Army of the Dead. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying, you know what? I, you know what? Actually, guys, in the cool that tonight, I am going to take that page out of our fan Marie's book because she, <laughs> she survived and thrived because she wasn't talking to her. I'm going to survive and hopefully survive and thrive Army of the Dead. I don't think I will, but I will see you guys on the other side. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. See you next week, everybody.